Hi and welcome to the Psyche Podcast where we discuss all things mindset, mental well-being and living your best life. I'm your host Hannah and I'm a mindset and mental well-being coach and founder of Psyche Coaching. Welcome and we hope you enjoy the show. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Psyche Podcast. I hope you've had a fab week. I actually probably for the first time feel almost like a legitimate podcaster this week, like a real podcaster. And I think that's because there's something called Radio Guest List, which is a way that you can find people to interview you or be interviewed. And I posted just a free advert. Um, And they did say that, you know, you'd hear from a lot of people. And I was not expecting (laughs) to actually hear from so many people. I have been kind of inundated with people wanting to be on the podcast And from that, we have some really exciting guests lined up. And actually, this week's guest, Cassie, is through there. So I should do a little shout out to Radio Guest List to say thank you for the service they offer. Um, So that's quite exciting, kind of feeling legit, I guess. And we're, you know, we've just had the 20th episode last week. So this is number 21. And yeah, the future is looking bright there. um, I've recorded a lot of interviews this week and a lot more scheduled so yeah it's a it's exciting time um talking of exciting times I also am super stoked that the new BTS album is out and I don't think I've talked about my sort of k-pop obsession on here and that's not really fair to call it a k-pop obsession because really in terms of k-pop I really like BTS and that's about it (laughs) but um they might not be everyone's cup of tea but they are fab in my opinion and actually I've talked a little bit about when I started my whole um, transformational process and really trying to be okay with myself because I realized I wasn't okay and I needed to put some work in to get into a better headspace and to sort of change the relationship I had with myself um, and how I felt about myself and actually I think a lot of the catalyst for that was getting really into BTS and um, if you've ever listened to them the message that's in their music is all about self-love and self-acceptance and it's very powerful music generally is really powerful Um, and I like all kinds of music so if I have my music on playlist I have now everything from BTS and you know pop um, pop type stuff to you know Led Zeppelin and (laughs) Black Sabbath on there um, and so like, I guess my two favourite bands are BTS and Skindred, who are very, very different. Um, but music is so, so powerful in terms of our mood, our motivation and all that kind of stuff. And, and it just so happened that, that getting really into this album, a little bit obsessed with the, you know, the, the, one of the previous ones called Love Yourself, that actually I absorbed that message and actually then started to really think about loving myself and and being okay so yeah I'm really excited that the new album is out and um, I haven't had much chance to listen to it in depth but what I have heard so far already um it's great so (laughs) I'm just sharing that as my little bit of um excitement uh for the week Um, so I hope you're having um a great week and that you're excited to dive into this week's episode and I am really excited to introduce this week's guest Cassie and I feel like this is continuing on a little bit from the discussion that I had with Jess a couple of weeks ago 
where we unintentionally talked a lot about motherhood and about the realities of that and the the kind of mood piece related to it. And Jess was very clear that she had never had any of the markers of postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. But we did touch just a little bit on on that. And so this week with Cassie, we are talking more in depth about the baby blues and then postpartum depression and anxiety and postpartum psychosis. So we're really going much more in depth into the postpartum mental health experiences for women. I really hope that you that you find the conversation informative and um, inspiring and, and all of those things. And if you are a new mother or you know a new mother and you think that they would benefit from hearing this, then please do share this with them. So I'm going to jump right in to the conversation with Cassie and yeah, hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone and welcome back and I'm really excited today to welcome Cassie to the podcast. So Cassie, if you could introduce yourself to listeners and tell us a little bit about you and about what you do. Well, my name's Cassie Pig and I am a maternal mental health advocate. I recently started my own brand around maternal mental health. It's something that's, you know, super important to me because I myself suffered from severe postpartum anxiety. And going through that, I didn't really feel like I had an outlet and I didn't really feel like there was a lot of, you know, support with other moms out there. But once I got through it and I actually started talking about it myself, I, I I came to the realization that there are a lot of moms out there that are, are suffering. Even some of my best friends suffered and I had no idea at the time what they were going through until I started talking about it myself. And they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, I experienced, I experienced something similar. So that's basically what I'm building my platform around. And so my company is called Mom Stuff. And our our mission is to provide entertainment and resources for mothers struggling with mental illness postpartum. Um, so that's, that's a little bit about what we do. I, I recently published my first book. It's titled Mommy's Got a Tramp Stamp. And it kind of details my, my story and what I went through and how I managed to cope and, and kind of get through it. So that's, that's what's big that's happening with me right now. That's why I'm here. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're so glad to have you. Um, first of all, um, for anyone who's listening who's maybe not entirely sure what postpartum anxiety, postpartum depression is, could you talk a little bit more about, about what it is or if someone's listening and then they're not sure if that's something they're experiencing? Yeah, absolutely. So mental health postpartum is kind of divided into three separate categories. There's the baby blues that actually affects up to 80% of new mothers. Personally, that's just the statistic. I think it's probably higher than that. I think everybody has some sort of experience with sadness or, um, you know, anxiety or, or whatever it may be postpartum. But then postpartum depression and po- baby blues kind of go generally go away on the, on their own untreated. They they may last just, you know, a few days or maybe a couple weeks postpartum, but then that generally stops. Um with postpartum depression and anxiety, that can develop anywhere in in the first year 
of new motherhood. And um, it actually affects up to one in five new mothers. And so the, the symptoms of postpartum depression and anxiety are, are very broad. And that's one of the reasons that I, you know, want to raise awareness because I personally, whenever I had my baby, I thought postpartum depression was where you just miss being pregnant. Like you're just sad that you're not pregnant anymore. And that couldn't be further than from the truth. So um, it's just a matter of figuring out what those symptoms are and having open conversations with your doctors. So, you know, some of the, I guess, typical ways that it presents is depression, obviously just feelings of overwhelming sadness, not being able to bond with your baby. Um, anxiety presents as a sort of panic and, you know, just feeling of being overwhelmed by motherhood. And it can, it can also present as like rage. You can feel uncontrollable rage towards your your towards your partner or just not not want to have anything to do with your with your baby there's there's a lot of different ways that um it can manifest and so raising awareness to that is so important and then the third bucket of postpartum mental illness is a little bit more rare and that's postpartum psychosis so whenever you get to the point of a postpartum psychosis. And unfortunately, I got there. You experience hallucinations. You're unable to sleep at all. There's a lot of different things that go into, into that. And that, of course, is where you actually have the, the thoughts. And um, unfortunately, some women end up executing the thoughts on hurting themselves or hurting their baby or hurting others. And so that is really something that if you are feeling any, any symptoms of, if you're just feeling off postpartum, you need to have that conversation with someone, whether it's your, your spouse, a physician, your OBGYN, or, you know, a therapist or psychiatrist, you, you need to make that known so that you can get help because there, there are treatments from everything from counseling and, and talk therapy to medications and, you know, be, beyond that even. So um, it's just important to be aware of what you're going through postpartum. And if any males out there are listening and they have just had a baby, they need to be aware to look for these symptoms in their wife too, because sometimes you don't, you don't always realize it internally. So it can help to have that external perspective as well. Yeah, thank you for sharing um, that background into into the, the three different buckets, um, I think you said. And I think it's quite maybe surprising how high some of the, the numbers are for the, the baby blues and for the postpartum anxiety and depression. And I suppose in a way, that's maybe reassuring to someone who's going through it and kind of feeling that I think sometimes when we have any mental illness experience, we, we feel like there's something wrong with us and it's just us. Um, but actually it's not, although postpartum psychosis might be more rare, to have some kind of postpartum experience is not rare in itself. It's quite common. Yeah. And I, and I think that's important too. And in, in whenever we talk about raising awareness about this is because a lot of a lot of moms internally they don't talk about it because they feel like they are alone and they're they are the only ones that are experiencing things like this and you know personally i think i think part of that is a society problem as a whole as a society we kind of we expect 
this to be the happiest time of a woman's life. You know, they, they've just given birth. They have this whole new baby and it's supposed to be so wonderful and happy and joyous. But, you know, the, the simple fact is it, it's not always like that. And babies are hard. They're, they're not really that much fun. They just lay there and pee and poop and eat and sleep and and you're just mm. expected to kind of make sure they stay alive and the moms kind of tend to get forgotten in the process because it becomes all about the baby after birth um you know and leading up to birth it's kind of it's it's all about the mom it's all about prenatal care and i think that's where we have a disconnect um with society and and treatment as a whole you know most moms at least in the us don't have a follow-up with their physician until six weeks postpartum. Well, for me, it only took a couple weeks to get to the point where I was having hallucinations and I, I hadn't slept and I ended up laying on the bathroom floor and unable to move because, you know, when you don't sleep or you don't eat or you don't drink anything, your body obviously physically starts to shut down because it just can't cope anymore. Um, so luckily my, my OBGYN was very aggressive to get me in and get me started on treatment immediately. But, you know, all moms don't have that, I guess, degree of severity where they end up having that visit before their scheduled visit. So they may go six weeks being completely untreated without talking talking to anyone, especially if they're not talking to their spouse. And I think that's where it's really important to have that awareness of yourself. And like you said, if something feels off to to reach out, but also to be aware of someone in your life, if they have just had a baby. And obviously it is such a big change. Like you said, it's, you know, you've had that run up that's about you as the mother. And then suddenly you have this responsibility for keeping someone alive who who relies on you. And and there's also so much about the identity of becoming a mother and and change, even if it's a positive change, is still a big thing to deal with and and adjust to. So I think that's understanding yourself, but also if there are people that you know. You yeah, know. absolutely. And, you know, that's it, it's one of those things where, you know, if you just use common sense, you think about it, you have just either birthed a baby vaginally, which is a, a pretty traumatic experience, really. You know, I, I know it's supposed to be, be beautiful and everything, but it does a lot to your body. Um, or, you know, it, it, I had a cesarean. So in my case, you have just had a major surgery and you mix that with mm. this incredible rush of hormones that gets delivered postpartum. It, it's kind of a recipe for disaster. And that's, that's one thing through everything that I'm doing that I, I just want, would like to, you know, in a, in a perfect world, I think that there would be weekly visits, uh, postpartum for mothers, especially if you're, you know, there are certain categories that are high risk for postpartum mental illness. Mothers who have experienced any kind of mental illness before pregnancy are at a higher risk of developing postpartum depression or anxiety. And, you know, also mothers who are going through different environmental shifts. You know, if you, if you've recently had a life change and then now you're having a mm -hmm. baby, which is a huge life change, then 
yeah, you're going to, you're going to be a little more susceptible to the, to these feelings in this rush because you already have so much going on and it can be so overwhelming. Mm. And I wonder, um, you said um, at the beginning that when you spoke to some of your friends about your experience, they had experienced similar things and, and didn't know. And I wonder um, if you think the reason that we don't talk about it so much is a lack of awareness or whether there's that element of shame there of, I shouldn't be feeling like this. And yeah, whether it's more an awareness thing or shame or a mixture of both. I, I think it's definitely a, a mixture of both. Like like I said earlier, you know, I, I didn't even really know what postpartum depression was until I experienced my experienced it myself. And a lot a lot of my friends, they maybe they maybe knew what postpartum depression was and they they maybe thought it was just, you know, sadness or, you know, where you were like suicidal or wanted to hurt your baby or something like that. And they knew they weren't to that point. So they just thought it didn't apply to them. And I also think that there there is an element of shame and, and guilt that goes along with it. Because like I said, you know, we're, we're kind of expected to be happy and just in this blissful state after we give birth, but it's so hard. And that's not the case for, for most moms. It's, it's actually, you know, one of, one of the hardest things you will ever do in your life really. Mm -hmm. And it is beautiful and it is a wonderful experience, but you know, sometimes good moms can have bad thoughts. And that's, that's kind of what where the awareness comes in to just make sure that all moms out there are really aware of what postpartum depression and anxiety is, and especially what postpartum psychosis is. Because, you know, if you can, if you can get to that point, I think about it personally myself. And if I would have gone untreated, I don't know what I would have been capable of, honestly, mm. just because I, I was having hallucinations of throwing my daughter out the window or smothering her. And it it's terrifying to look back on that because at the time I was having this war in my head, the rational side of my brain, I was still very conscious of, of my thoughts and what I was thinking. And I, and I knew that this was not something that I would do. But then I had the emotional side of my brain that was kind of playing tug of war saying, this is, this is too hard. You can't, you can't do this. You, you've got to do something to stop this, you know, mm -hmm. and it's, it's terrifying to even <laughs> admit really. And it's, it's, it, it is hard to talk about. Um, but I, I feel as, as cheesy as it is and as corny as it is, I kind of feel like, that God put me through everything that I went through so that I can tell my story and, and help other moms realize that, no, they're not the only ones going through this. And it's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to go on medication if you need it. And it's okay to see a therapist if you, if you need to. It's, it, there's nothing shameful about it. We, we need to get to a point in society where we treat mental health equally as we do our physical health. You know, if you, if you broke your ankle, you're not just going to limp around with it hanging off the side of your leg. You're going to, you're going to go see a physician mm -hmm. and get it, get it put in a cast and get it straightened. You know, it, it's, it, we have to get to that point with our, with our mental health where we're, 
willing to be open and and talk about it because mental illness is such a serious thing. And, you know, one of the statistics that I was kind of overwhelmed by is the is the fact that the level of anxiety and depression in teenage girls is is rising mm. so rapidly. So the expectations is that these conditions like postpartum depression and anxiety are going to rise drastically whenever these teenage girls get to the point where they are, they are having children. Um, so I think that's why it's more important now than ever to, you know, start raising this awareness and speaking out and, and talking about it because we need to make sure that the moms that come after us are prepared for what they might experience. Mm. And I just want to say thank you to you so much for sharing your experience and sharing this message, because I do think it is so important to have these discussions and to raise that awareness of, and, and that's what the podcast is about really to talk to people with a whole range of mental health experiences to I guess normalize it in a way that this is something that is part of being human it's part of life and if we talk about it then other people kind of don't feel so alone or they know that there's there's hope or they can get help or um and all of that so I just want to say thank you for putting yourself out there and sharing the message I think it's it's amazing that you're here and that you're doing this well thank you for what you're doing you know, to get to get this out and, you know, to to talk about all these different things, because, you know, what what I experienced was just related to postpartum and childbirth. But looking back, I probably should have been diagnosed with anxiety mm -hmm. years ago. I've always been the typical type A overachiever. And, you know, in the, in the past, it's kind of, I've always been very wound up, but it's always kind of fueled my drive and fueled my success. But, you know, whenever I had a baby, it was that rush of hormones that kind of just knocked me for a loop and, and, you know, it mm. got to a really bad point. But I think if I would have been more aware before I had my daughter, then possibly I, I would mm. have known to seek help earlier on or even, you know, been on medication before I even left the hospital. Mm. And honestly, I um I haven't had children yet. Um it's something I that is hopefully in the future, possibly. Um but I've had it yeah, who knows? Um but I you know I've experienced depression and anxiety and it's definitely something that I am aware of for myself of what that experience will be like um, through pregnancy, postpartum, and then also the reality of then having young people that are dependent on me. And my background's in education, so I've had, to an extent, young people <laughs> dependent on me, but not in, this, <laughs> not in the same way. And so it is something that, that I am very conscious of, of, you know, my, my ability to, to cope and manage it just generally. And, and then thinking about postpartum, what will happen to my mental health because I've maybe predisposed to experiencing mm -hmm. uh, postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, and like you said, with increasing rates of anxiety and depression in, in teenage girls, that's, it's so, so important to get this message out because it's, we're possibly going to see increased levels of this uh, in the future. Absolutely. And that's, that's basically what, what I'm trying to do. And that's what I've built, kind of built my platform around is just, having the availability of real talk 
I think is is so important because you can see, you can go into a doctor's office and you can talk to a physician and they can tell you clinically, okay, these are the, these are the signs, these are the symptoms, this is what you're experiencing. So it probably fits into this bucket. And, you know, that that's great. But whenever you have the opportunity to hear the real stories and what really happens, what happens at home, what's going through your mind at 3 a.m. when you're sitting there, you know, just staring at your husband while he's sleeping and thinking about setting him on fire because <laughs> he's able to sleep so calmly and peacefully and you're you're just wide awake with, you know, in my case, I pumped. So I had a vacuum strapped to my chest while, while this was going on. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's, it's just having that just availability of women that can share their message is, is so important. So that's why I encourage anyone who has had any of these experience and, and is interested in advocacy, get out there any way you can, you know, share, share your message, reach out to me. I'm, I'm happy. My, my website is the pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to help anyone, you know, in, in their journey, if they, want to share their story. And there's a lot of ways to do it nowadays with the, with the internet, the, the world is literally at your fingertips. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you have something important to share, you can do it. So I definitely encourage any women out there to do just that, get out there, talk about it, share, share your story. You don't have to go and speak at a conference in front of thousands of people. You can just post about it on social media and let your friends know, Hey, I, I went through this and I, I guarantee you that some of your friends have had several experiences and maybe you have no idea about mm. it. I think there's something really powerful in sharing your experience. And I find that if I've got a lot going on in my head, when I put it into words, it helps me to process it more and to really think about what's going on. And I think they're saying powerful when you when you put that out there and either people have had something similar or you can see that there's possibly some benefit from sharing it. And like you'd said about this is went through those experiences for a reason. I think there's an element of that of feeling like it wasn't all for the, you know, in vain. There's something from it. And I, and I just think, yeah, there's something so powerful from kind of owning your experience and, and sharing it. Oh, absolutely. And that that's one of the things, you know, whenever, whenever I was writing my book, it was actually kind of a form of therapy for me. It was, it was very therapeutic just to, you know, go, go through and remember everything that I was feeling and actually, you know, put it down on paper. And then obviously through going through the publishing process and actually having it out there now, it's incredible. You know, whenever I have a mom that, that reaches out to me and, and says, Hey, I, I had these feelings. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Now I feel like I'm not alone. Like that. It, it just, it, it really, I mean, it, I guess it almost validates mm-hmm. you in a way, like it, it, it helps make you feel like you aren't crazy yeah. and you, you know, you, you did go through all this, this stuff and it's okay. It's okay that it happened and it doesn't make you any, any worse of a mom. Like, you know, that was one of the big things for me. I always worried about that what I was experiencing would make me a bad mom. And you know what? It, 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 doesn't and it hasn't. And if anything, what I went through has made me a better and stronger mom. Mm-hmm. And now I'm I'm able, I think about that with everything that I do, you know, with share with sharing my story. Like I, I want to show my daughter that 
she can she can do anything and she doesn't have to be afraid if she's not like everybody else if she doesn't fit into the you know this mold that kind of gets perpetuated out there like you you are who God made you to be and you don't have to fall in line with everybody else. You can do your own thing, be your own person. And, you know, if that, if that includes mental illness, well, that includes mental illness. That's, that's the way it is. You know, it's, it's part of your story and it's part of your journey. And I, and I think it is eventually what makes us all stronger and and better people in the, in the long run is being able to openly admit that and, Mm. and talk about it. And I think it's also modeling to her something really powerful that it's okay not to be okay sometimes that you can get through it that you can ask for help because I think that is something that you almost if you're not shown that it's okay to do that that then you you don't know that other people experience this stuff in their in their heads um and that you can get through it so I think the fact that that you're sharing your experiences will hopefully instill in them that confidence that they can share their experiences with you that you'll be receptive to them and that throughout their life they yeah they can be more honest with themselves and the people that are around them yeah absolutely and I I think you know it doesn't it doesn't even necessarily have to be building this platform and talking about it on on social media you have to do whatever you're comfortable with you know if if that's just talking to a friend or talking to your partner or talking to a therapist who whoever wherever you get that that outlet that helps you to just kind of I guess it's it's all about that mindfulness Mm. of of knowing what's what's going on with you and that you're you're not crazy you know you're you're not crazy for having any of these these thoughts and I think that's just that's just so important and there there was actually a study published recently where they looked at postpartum depression and anxiety in in new mothers and an interesting takeaway from that is that uh, suicide is actually the second leading cause of mortality postpartum. Yeah. And that is, to me, that it, that's unacceptable. Yeah. I, I mean, you have to talk about it. If you are experiencing these these feelings, don't let yourself get to that place. And if you know somebody that's just giving birth, check on mm-hmm. them. Don't check on the baby. Ask ask her how she's doing. Ask her how what's going what's going on. How she's coping. How she's handling it. Because that's so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's typically when somebody gives birth, people want to come over and they want to love on the baby, and they think, oh well, I'll I'll hold the baby for a few minutes so she can get some rest. Well, that's not necessarily what everybody needs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes sometimes they need to be asked like what's going on in your head. Um, and I think that's important to be able to have that conversation with, with your friends that have just had a baby because, you know, they may not feel comfortable coming out and, and saying it on their own. So if you can ask that question, mm-hmm. I think that can help a lot of moms just to kind of get over that initial um, fear of talking about their feelings. Mm, absolutely. Because I think it can be difficult if you are not in a good place to ask for help and so I think that's why it's really important for us to think about the people around us and to to notice if if there's something that's out of character or if they've just given birth just to ask them how they are 
uh, there's a campaign um, in the UK that we've had last week. We had Time to Talk Day, which is the day. It's just generally about having a conversation about mental health. And one of the campaigns they're running at the moment is this Ask Twice campaign. So ask someone if they're okay and then ask them again because, you know, we I don't know if it's the same where we'll do the I'm fine. And sometimes, yeah. you, oh, sometimes yeah. you know they're not fine and just asking them again because then they might open up. So I think it is really important to, yeah, be aware of, of what people are going through if they maybe seem different. And if they have just given birth, like you said, yes, it's nice to see the baby, but to think about them as well as a person to see if they're okay. Yeah, and I, I think that's important. And I think that that's so amazing um, that that you guys are doing that. I think that's something, you know, here here in the United States, it's definitely overlooked. Um, I, you know, there's not, there's not a lot of campaigns and, and awarenesses for, for moms. There, there are some, I mean, there, there are some amazing, there are some amazing organizations out there that are kind of leading that direction. Um, but at the same time, it's, it's almost like you have to go looking for them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's not necessarily, a place that new moms are at, you know, and, and I think it kind of goes back to society's role in all this. We kind of, we almost expect, like, we almost expect super mom right out of the gate. And you, there, first of all, there's no such thing as super mom. You, you can't do it all. Like if, if you try to think you can, you, you will, like you will drive yourself crazy because it, it's just impossible. You have so much. And sometimes, you know, there's this, there's this whole concept of just letting stuff go and you have to, you have to be able to let things slide now and then, especially when you become a mother, you know, you're not, you're never going to have a perfectly clean spotless house again. It's just, <laughs> it's not going to happen. And if you try, you will literally be picking up goldfish crumbs for the rest of your life. Uh, mm. <laughs> you, you, you have to just think about what's, what's best for you. And I think, that that gets overlooked a lot of times because moms are trying to do it all. And at, at some point there has to, there has to be a breaking point where you say, okay, I need to take a breath. I need to take a moment for me. I need to step away from the baby. Even if you just go, go into the other room, you know, with, and leave your baby with, uh, you know, a family member or a friend or, or something like that just five minutes of just breathing and letting yourself know that it's going to be okay. And I, and I promise it, it does get better and, because babies kind of suck and <laughs> they're, they're not that much fun. <laughs> and it, it does, it does get better. You know, my, my baby's 18 months old now and, and she's, Oh, she can test my limits, but she, you know, she's so much fun and, and I love her so much. Um, but I look back on those first few months and I'm like, that was kind of dumb. Like there, there was nothing really enjoyable about it. Like it just, it just kind of sucked. And so, <laughs> you know, I think if we, if we can get to that point where we can take a few minutes for ourselves to just breathe through it and realize that, like maybe the time frame that you're in right now isn't isn't beautiful and isn't ma magical, but you you can get to that beautiful and magical point. It, it, it will come eventually, and I think that's really important, especially if you don't bond with your baby right out of the gate. 
you will get there. Mm -hmm. Like you, you will. I didn't bond with my daughter immediately and we had issues breastfeeding and all that stuff. And then with my postpartum anxiety, I think that definitely played a role. So we didn't have this like magical connection initially, but now she, she's my girl. I can't imagine life without her. Like she literally helps me throughout the day just as much as I help her. And, you know, I, I think just knowing whatever stage you're in that it does, it does get better. And I I've talked to my, my mom friends that have teenagers and, and they say the, they say the same thing. They say, you know, it's literally every phase has its own, Mm -hmm. own set of challenges. And it's just a matter of kind of being able to look through them and let's face it like sometimes it's okay to just go into survival mode like that sometimes that's just what you have to do like I I think about that every time my daughter's throwing one of those rolling around on the floor screaming tantrums you know I I just think like okay this is this is gonna pass Mm -hmm. yeah and I think that's really important to share that things do get better it's it's not always going to be in in that difficult place. Although, yes, like you said, all stages of childhood and life have their own challenges. So yeah, um, yeah hopefully get to a point where, where they're more manageable and you have more of a sense of being able to deal with it. Yeah. And I think just also like go, going off of that, you know, one thing to understand if you are, if you are diagnosed with a postpartum mental illness is that it's not, don't expect immediate results because what whatever you know route route you take, whether it's therapy or or medication, um, they they don't always produce this this immediate feeling. So you you kind of that's stuff that you have to you have to work through. So definitely keep that in mind that there's no quick fix. I mean, this is something that you have to you have to learn to cope with and, you know, set up your own, whatever it may be, you know, coping strategies to get through it. And going off of that, it's not something, and this was really hard for, for my husband to realize because I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm still on several different medications right now. And he kind of assumed that, okay, she'd just have to take the Zoloft for a couple months and then she'd be fine and everything would be okay. But it's not always that easy. And especially anxiety and depression can be something that you suffer with lifelong. It it can't, it can be, it doesn't, it's not always affiliated with a, with a season. So I, I think that just being aware and kind of setting, it's important to set those expectations up with yourself, like that, okay, I've, I've got this diagnosis now and I, I know that there's no quick fix and I know that whatever I do could end up being long-term. I think you'll save yourself a lot of, a lot of grief in the process. If you kind of, if you're able to identify that and set those expectations up, up front. Hmm. Yeah. And I think things like medication as well, sometimes it's about finding the right one for you. So it's not just a case of take this and it will all be fine because that might not be the right one for you. You might need to try out different amounts, different types. Um, you might It might work with a combination with counseling. Yeah, it's not a one-size-fits-all approach. So I think that's important. Yeah, 
to remember. Absolutely. And I and I think just going through my my own experience, I've been on multiple di- different medications and multiple different doses of those medications to kind of find, I guess, my my balance. Um, so now I'm kind of on a combination of a couple different things and we've we've got the dose where I'm really, you know, at a at a good point, at a good place. I'm no longer in this like state of panic because with with me the the anxiety was so severe that my psychiatrist was like, well, I mean, we've we've got to start worrying about the long-term complications of of your condition. Mm-hmm. You know, he was wor- he's worried about me ending up with heart disease and you know, all the all these different manifestations um that can happen after you are in this, this state for so long, because I remember I, like, I would go into his office and he'd be like, okay, well on a scale of one to 10, how would you rate your anxiety? And I'd say, oh my gosh, I'm so much better. I'm at like a nine. And he was, (laughs) he'd just look at me and shake his head and be like, Cassie, a nine's not good. We've got to get you to to a better place. But to me, Mm. a nine was good because postpartum, I was at like a 15, you know, I was like, off. I was off the chart. So I think it's, it's just whenever you go through anything like this, it's just so important to realize that you have to kind of blaze your own path in a, in a way, you know, I, I can sit here and I can tell you my story and I can tell you, yes, I went on medication X, Y, Z. And that's what, that's what's finally helped me, but it wouldn't do any good because you're not, you're going to be different. There, there's a good chance that you're going to need something, something different. And um, I think just having that awareness, because I see I'm a, I'm a member of a lot of different mom groups on social media, and I see all the time, you know, people asking, "Oh, did this medication help you? Did this medication help you?" And you know, I always try to say, like, "Well, yes, this medication did help me." but it may not be the same for you. Yeah. You you may need a completely different dose, you may need something completely different altogether and and I think just being aware of that is extremely important. Yeah. I have an example of that actually. I um have taken antidepressants off and on throughout, throughout my life and the and I've tend to take the same one that works for me and for me it works because I'd be just kind of numb, not really experiencing emotions and it would bring me up to a point where I could function and experience stuff. But a friend of mine took exactly the same medication and for her, she was too much going on and she needed to almost numb out a little to be able to get through a difficult period. So we had quite a different experience, but exactly the same medication, but it served a different function. So yeah, even the same medication, your own internal hormones and and chemical balance is different. So it's going to have a different effect on you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So um, I'm going to throw in uh, one of my standard questions. So I've got a couple of things that I like to talk about. So we talk about mental health and and mental wellness um, a lot on the podcast. And I have a couple of other buzzwords as well. My first one is about joy. So my question is, what always boosts your mood or what brings you joy? So I, I'm a mom, so I definitely have to have to say my daughter, my li- my little girl. She's it's it's one of those things. It's amazing, you know, when you go through this journey of motherhood. Um, they it's cheesy to say, but sometimes they can give you a hug, and you know that you need it more than they mm-hmm. did. <laughs> 
And, um, you know, so, so that's definitely one thing, but then, um, the, the other thing is really just through, through what I'm doing. Like I, I referenced earlier, you know, getting, getting those messages or having people reach out and, and tell me that my story has helped them in, in some way, or someone just reaching out and saying like, oh my gosh, I wish that I would have had this whenever I was going through my postpartum journey. Um, those, those are like the, the moments that I guess light up my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, such amazing to know that some little small town Illinois girl can, you know, have this, have this impact on people, you know, worldwide. And it's just, it's, it's really amazing to have gone through that journey and to, to get that feedback. And, and I appreciate it so much. And I just, it it just makes me want to do more. It makes me want to do as much as I possibly can to, to reach as many moms as I can, because if like I, I, I mentioned that, that suicide statistic earlier. And, and I mean, that just, it, it breaks my heart. And if I can reach one mom before they get to that, that point, then everything I've, I've done will be, will be worth mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Amazing. And my next question maybe ties into a similar thing. My other big thing is about meaning. And so my question is what makes life meaningful for you? Um, well, yeah, yeah. that's, I mean, I pretty much just answered it, <laughs> um, that that's just helping, helping other women. And that, that is, that is my passion. But then also going, going off of that, I think it's just, I ever, ever since I, you know, went through everything that I went through, um, I've, I've made more of an effort to just practice gratitude and think about, all the opportunities that I've had and the the fact that I, you know, I was able to write this book and, and do, do all these things. Um, I, I think that that's, it, it's so important, especially if you are struggling to be able to take a, take a minute and sit back and relax and, and think about all the things that you do have. And um, that can really put some new perspective in, into your life. Hmm. Yeah, and gratitude is something that's come up before on this podcast, and it's something that that I'm seeing more in the, the media people talking about. And there's got to be a reason for that, hasn't there? That yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so it's I mean it's so it's so important. Just you know, especially if you are at a point, and I'll tell you now, I'm 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 so I've come so far from where I was, but my life's far from perfect. Um, you know, I I still work a full-time job and I'm doing all the, all these things uh, on the side. And my husband still works a full-time job and he recently just started his own business. Um, so, I mean, life is crazy. Life is, life is chaotic. And to just be able to sit back and just think about like, okay, this is, this is what I do have. Like my, my bank account may not be full right now, but this is, you know, this is, this is what I, this is what I do have. And, Mm. and there's a lot of power in that. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's not all about money, is it? As much as I, you know, I would love a more full bank account (laughs) than I have now. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But that's that can't buy you the really important things if you think about what you have in your life the the work that you're doing your husband your daughter 
that's not from money that's the other things that are in your life so yes yeah. yeah and that's and that's really you know at the at the end of the day that's that's kind of the true definition of wealth mm-hmm. i think we all want to get to the point where we don't have to worry about how we're going to pay the mm-hmm. bills and and stuff like that and that's a, you know that's it's important too but it's just the the real meaning behind finding your groove or or finding your happiness i guess is kind of it goes into that is is what do you have and mm-hmm. and what can you be thankful for and even if it's just even if it's just something something small you know i mean i like to try and practice that daily and i think about what do i have and and what can i give and i think it's cheesy it's cliche but you do you need to give more than than you get and and that's where real fulfillment i think comes from mm, yeah so we've talked about mental illness a little bit and one of the things we like to talk about a lot is mental wellness because even if there are people listening who haven't had any experiences really of mental illness we all have our own mental world and we can all think about how we look after it and that, and how we can be well so my question is what does mental wellness mean to you and how do you look after your own mental well-being? Um, I think just mental wellness overall, it's such a broad mm-hmm. term, but it's kind of just being able to be in that that good place and being able to bring yourself out of whatever's going on in, in your life. Because we we all have stress. We all have times where we're just completely overwhelmed by it all. And I, I think... I think true strength is, is kind of being able to pull yourself out of that. So what I mentioned, the practicing gratitude and, and giving and, and things like that, that's kind of where you really are able to to find that and, and get that wellness in, internally. And I think that's just, that's just so important. Mm, absolutely. This next question is quite tricky for a lot of people. Um, and I, I did a little interview with myself and answered these questions myself, and I found it tricky as well. Um, so could you describe your own mindset? So your own kind of outlook on life, if you like. So my, my own, that is, that yeah. is tough. So um, my, my own mindset, I guess, is just, I'm very driven to, to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And that's probably come off. So I, I think that just the, ability like I have to rein myself in sometimes because I get too much uh, <laughs> I can be a little extra <laughs> at times so for my mindset it's it's all about it's all about balance and I like to personally think of the concept of sway versus versus balance especially whenever you're you're thinking about work and personal and life and babies and families and kids, um, you can't always have a a perfect balance. And sometimes for me personally, that's one of my my biggest things that I always try to keep in my mind. Like right now I might be swaying a little bit more towards work, but you know, and then there are times where I'm going to be swaying a little bit more towards my family. And there are times where I'm going to be swaying a little bit more towards me because I need that. So I think it's just, that's one of the biggest things that I always try to keep in my mind is that it's okay 
not to have a, a a perfect balance all all the way across the board especially you know now that I'm that I'm juggling so many different different things you know sometimes one portion of my life is going to take a little bit more time and that's okay and it'll kind of sway back the other way whenever it needs to and it's i i think that has helped me a lot just because i am so uh high strung and <laughs> you know uh, like i'm that i'm just that typical type a and um i think just having that flexibility in my mind helps keep me a little bit calmer and keeps me more towards that mental wellness mm then swaying in the other direction <laughs> I love that idea of swaying because it's it's very flexible isn't it and it's very much you can you can adapt to where you're needed but not getting kind of stuck in something and I ju- yeah I just really like the idea of that of being able to kind of yeah sway between things yeah and I think if you always you know if you can always kind of keep that in, in the back of your mind it eliminates a some of that guilt, especially, especially if you're a mom, mom guilt is such a, (laughs) such a real thing. And we feel guilty about everything that we do. My, my daughter goes to daycare. And so I have, I, I struggle with that sometimes. Like, has she, you know, was she there too long today? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, just different, different stuff like that. Like, is she, is she spending more time with them than she is with me and those different kinds of things. And I, I think just being able to keep that sway in my, in my mind is, helps me deal with a, a lot of that, especially especially the guilt stuff. Mm. Yeah, no, I really like that idea. I'm definitely going to think about that. <laughs> swaying. I'm just kind of swaying <laughs> at the moment as I say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just rocking around. It just feels really chilled out when you just say it, like swaying. It just automatically makes me think I'm chilled. I'm more relaxed. So yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. <laughs> So what I what I always ask guests to do is to leave the listeners with between one and three strategies that people can put in place in their life to um, to have a massive you know impact going forward. And I think as we've been talking about mothers and postpartum, I think it'd be great if you could give your top one to three tips for mothers, yeah, that they could put in place. Okay, so the the number one I've I've already touched on is, um, I guess my number one piece of advice is to just always know that this too will pass and, and you will get through it and it will get better. I think if you can, you can kind of, if you can keep that kind of on repeat in, in your head, it really does, it really does help to cope with all the, with all the crap that, that comes along literally and figuratively. (laughs) (laughs) You know, um, and so I think that's just being able to be aware of that is 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 so important. And then also the the gratitude. If you when you practice gratitude, it really does have an overwhelming impact on on your mental well being. I I truly believe that in in my core. If you can sit back and really think about what you do have and what you do have to be thankful for, it puts you in such a better place because I think we all tend to look, especially, I mean, in 
today's society like it's so social media driven and especially with us moms like you look oh this mom just did this or this mom's got this or she's able to do yoga while her baby's just quietly napping (laughs) in the background like we don't we don't all have that so (laughs) if if you can just sit down for just a couple minutes a day and just think about what you have and what that means to you it really does help to put your put your mind in a better place and then the the third thing i guess would be definitely that concept of sway like if you can keep that in your mind especially when you're thinking about all the stresses that we have and especially as moms it's so easy to get overwhelmed because you not only have your schedule and all the things you have going on but most of the times we are the primary caregivers which means we also keep track of our kids schedules and doctors appointments and everything that they're doing and and it can definitely be overwhelming at times so just being able to know that it's okay if you're not split 50-50 between work and personal or, you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to balance. It it doesn't have to be that balance. It can be that 75-25 or, you know, whatever, whatever it needs to be at the time. Just being flexible, Mm. I think is so important just in motherhood in general. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I'm saying, yeah, I'm I'm not mother yet, but just generally in life, I think as well, it's it's important to be flexible, isn't it? So... Awesome. So how can people connect with you online if they want to find out more about what you're doing or to get in touch with you? Okay. So I I mentioned uh, my website. It is therealmomstuff.com. So it's a pretty easy to get to. I have a contact section on there. All my social social media profiles are linked to my website. You can also find me. I'm a big Facebook and Instagram. So it's just on Facebook, it's The Real Mom Stuff. And Instagram, it's at The Real Mom Stuff. So pretty, just remember The Real Mom Stuff and you can find awesome. me. <laughs> And I, I love to connect with anyone and and I, I'm open to conversations, you know, if you just if you feel like you might be in this place and just want a little advice on what where you need to go next, I'm definitely happy to help. Awesome. And we can put some links in the show notes. And when we share this episode, we put some links from our social media to yours as well. Thank you so, so much, Cassie, Perfect. for coming on. You said something about um, liking to have that sense of doing something. And that's why I love this podcast, because I have that same kind of probably do too much and <laughs> like to involved and and so it's lovely to meet people like yourselves who've got that same kind of passion and to have you on and and to talk about stuff so I've really enjoyed it and thank you so much for sharing your experience and sharing um, your message with people well thank you for having me and I've enjoyed it as well and I, I I just I think what you're doing is amazing and you have an amazing platform and I am so happy to be a part of it so um I just really appreciate the opportunity thank you so much thank you So thank you so much to Cassie for joining us on the podcast to talk about this really important topic. I just wanted to finish with some UK specific information about postnatal depression and anxiety. So there is a lot of information available from the NHS and from MIND about postnatal depression. Uh, The baby blues, as Cassie mentioned, is common, so common that it's considered normal and they don't usually last more than two weeks after giving birth. If they last longer or they start later, 
it could be postnatal depression, which can start anytime in the first year after giving birth. So Cassie gave some of the symptoms, but according to the NHS, symptoms that you or someone you know might have could be persistent feeling of sadness and low mood, lack of enjoyment, loss of interest in the wider world, lack of energy, trouble sleeping, difficulty bonding with your baby, withdrawing from people, and then the frightening thoughts about hurting your baby. So it can develop gradually, so you might not be aware that you have it straight away. It could build up. So for UK listeners, if you think that you might be depressed, if you think that you might be experiencing this, you can speak to your GP or your health visitor. And many health visitors are trained to recognise the symptoms and have techniques that can help. And hopefully you found this episode offers some comfort that there is light at the end of the tunnel, there is support available. This doesn't mean that you're going mad, that you're that you're to blame, that your baby's going to be taken away. It's something that is unfortunately common um, and there is help and support available. And that could be through self-help, things like exercising, healthy diet. It could be psychological therapy, such as cognitive behavioral therapy or medication. And that's something that Cassie spoke about. So can persist if it's left untreated. So do reach out for support if you feel that you're experiencing this. And obviously we've focused on on new mothers or mothers throughout this podcast, but research has actually found that up to one in 10 new fathers become depressed after having a baby as well. So if you're listening to this and you're a new father or you know a man who is a new father and they are possibly experiencing some of these as well, then maybe have a conversation with them and suggest that they reach out to their GP as well. And Mind.org have a lot of information as well about maternal mental health. Uh, They talk about postnatal and antenatal depression, perinatal anxiety, so it's around the time of birth, PTSD and birth trauma, postpartum psychosis, and then they offer information about self-care, support and services. And they also have a section for friends and family, which is really useful. So if you are listening to this and there is someone you know who's experiencing this, it gives you some ideas. So for example, as we've talked about in this episode, making time for them, and that could just be casual time with them, keeping them company, staying in touch, doing activities together, not just focusing on the baby, but them as an individual, giving them space, being non-judgmental. It could be helping with practical activities um, or supporting them to get help if they need further help. And all the information that Mind have can be viewed as a PDF so you can download it or you can order it as a print booklet. So if it's something you're experiencing or someone you know is experiencing, there is a lot of information that you can find to help you. I really hope that you've you found this informative, that you found it reassuring of the fact that, that this is something that a lot of women experience. But there there is support available and there is a way through it. So hopefully this has been useful and uh, yeah we'll be back next week when we'll be talking about men's mental health and vulnerability and asking for support which is something that can be really really difficult for all of us but as we know male suicide is one of the the highest levels particularly in the, the I believe it's 40 to 49 45 to 49 year old age bracket and it's something that is being given more coverage. And one of the reasons possibly behind it is that men 
traditionally are maybe less likely to reach out for support. Um, And so we're joined by Henry, who is a men's coach who works with men to talk about and explore their feelings and look after their own mental health. So tune in next week for that. Have a great week. Bye. So that's everything for this episode. We hope you've enjoyed everything that's been talked about today and we would love to carry on this discussion. So please feel free to tweet us your views, your thoughts, any questions you have for future episodes. Um, And we're on all social media platforms. So feel free to follow us wherever you go for your social media fix. And uh, we will be back next week with more interesting topics and discussions If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do share it with your family and friends or anyone that you think would benefit from it. And please rate and review wherever you've downloaded it from so it can reach more people. We hope you have an awesome week and we're looking forward to chatting to you again next week. Bye.